From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro, and today we have a super stacked show for you, like we always do. Today we're going to be talking about AEW Rampage, we're going to be talking about WWE SmackDown, we're going back in time to the March 3rd, 1997 episode of Monday Night Raw, and we have a special interview with Mean Gene from Three Falls Brand, our homie, our sponsor. But before we get to all that, I want to thank all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers from all over the world. Thank you for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Without you guys, there is no me. I'm talking about all over the world. United States, Canada, Mexico, UK, Ireland, Germany, Jamaica, India. The list goes on and on and on. I could be here all day. I salute you guys because I appreciate every single one of you guys that listens to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Thank you so much. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at WrestlingDeloreanPod. Follow us on TikTok at WrestlingDeloreanPod. And follow us on Twitter at W underscore DeloreanPod. And make sure every Wednesday and Friday you are tuned in to the Wrestling DeLorean on Twitch. We do live streams, live watch longs, and those shits is lit. So join the revolution. Become a passenger of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Like I said, we have a lot to talk about, but we're going to start off the show a little special today. We're going to start off a little different today. We're going to be starting off with my interview with Mean Gene from Three Falls Brand, the best rock and wrestling merch on the fucking planet. So without further ado, let's cut the beat and let's get right into this interview with my homie Mean Gene. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today I have a very special guest with me today. I got the CEO, the founder of the best rock wrestling merchandise on the planet, Three Falls Brand. You know the brand. I'm constantly playing the ad. You know what I mean? I'm here with the one and only, Mean Gene. What's up, man? Welcome to the show. Yo, what's up, Mike? Thank you for uh, inviting me, bro. I'm so happy to finally be on the podcast and uh, ready to just have a good-ass time, you know, for this episode. Sounds good. So, yeah, like I said, my fans should already know who you are. You know what I mean? I play the ad all the time. I'm always shouting out Three Falls brand. I just want them to know more about you, more about the brand. So take me all the way back to your earliest memories of becoming a wrestling fan. Uh, earliest memories. Um, well, I became a wrestling fan through my dad. Uh, he grew up during the during the golden era of wrestling, the 80s. You know, he was a kid. Uh, he, you know, Hulkamania. He was a huge uh, Ultimate Warrior fan. 
So uh, he grew up, you know, during that era. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, uh, he had me at 18. So I was born in 99. So I was like the height of the Attitude Era. So mm. from there, you know, I, um, my earliest, like, memory of watching wrestling was maybe like 2002. So like, I, I grew up during all Ruthless Aggression Era. Like that, that was my era. But Such an underrated my, era. Such a oh, dude, I, I mean, I, like the SmackDown 6, I, I, I didn't have cable back then. So yeah. SmackDown was free for me. So watching them, like on SmackDown, like, used to always get me hyped dude i had wrestling shirts i had toys that you know me and him would play with like yeah. dude my childhood i i grew up great you know watching arguably one of the best like eras in wrestling you feel me for sure i'm always saying that i don't know people always look at me like i'm crazy i'm always saying that ruthless aggression was so much better than attitude ever because you had all these major talents on one roster you know if yeah. you think about like the, the faces of wwe right the mount rushmores you have hogan yeah. You have Flair, you have Taker, you have, I know it's going to be more than four, but you have Cena, you have Austin, you have The Rock, Triple H, yeah. Shawn Michaels. That was an error that everybody was on that same roster and active at the same time. So, yeah, like, it, come on. Like, I don't know how anybody could say that that's not one of the greatest errors of wrestling. Yeah, things could have been better, but, I mean, come on. That, that's anything. But anyway. I feel like every, I feel like every era had its, its flaws. And the Attitude Era obviously is one of the greatest. And um, came out with tons of, like, big personality wrestlers. But when you look at the wrestling during the Ruthless Aggression era, I mean, you had, like, Angle, you had Benoit, you had Eddie, you had just wrestlers putting on just six-star clinics, dude. Like, you just wa look back watching those matches, and you're like, fuck, dude, I can't believe we used to take, you know, those matches for granted, you know? Yeah, like, I'm not trying to shit on anybody, but if you, you know, compare, like, Eddie versus Benoit or Benoit versus Angle, and then compare that to like the editor and you have like Val Venus versus Road Dog. Like, who yeah, you gotta sit down and watch, you know what I mean? For real. But, so who's some of your favorite wrestlers growing up? Um, Ray Mysterio, obviously, you know, uh, I'm from San Diego, so 619, uh, born in Chula Vista, where he's from. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, I have an Eddie tattoo right here. Oh, that's what's up. On the yeah. arm. Uh, I grew up watching a lot of uh, um, Lucha Libre, so uh, La Parca, um, Dr. Wagner. Um, I used to watch Loving uh, AAA. So any of the wrestlers on there, uh, Cibernetico, um, uh, Chessman, just any of those uh, uh, wrestlers. Um, who else? Uh, oh man, a whole bunch of people. Uh, Angle, and I know, I mean, Benoit, I know is a controversial one, but I love w looking back at his matches and just watching and studying them and just like being amazed at how awesome of a, of a wrestler he was you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. um but you know anybody during the roots of aggression era you know what i'm saying like that's what i grew up on I, I was a huge batista fan uh during his smackdown reign you know as champion uh i had like three batista shirts that i was sports to school dude because he was like to me he was like a superhero you know he was just like yeah. the man for me and now he's actually a superhero on uh movies right <laughs> yeah for real yeah it worked out perfectly yeah that worked out <laughs> So when did yeah. you get into more of like the international stuff and like started branching off of just WWE? Because I knew like like you just said you was into Lucha Libre, but also I want to bring yeah. that up before you even said that. Because on the Twitch yeah. stream yesterday, you brought up Hector Garza and CMLL. And I was like, yo, yeah. my man knows what's up. So yeah, when did you uh, start watching Lucha Libre and other international companies? Um, as a really small kid, you know, I would go to the Luchas uh, either here locally uh, in San Diego or go down to TJ. Mm -hmm. uh tijuana right here down in, in mexico it's like 
10 minutes away from where I live. Um, and they used to have the local fights right there too. Um, so in terms of Mexican Lucha Libre, like a kid, like literally small kid up until now. And um, like New Japan or just like Japanese, like uh, Puro Resu or um, Strong Style, like stuff like that. I think probably like I was maybe like 15. Um, so yeah, like that's when, that's when I feel like New Japan had like a resurgence again, like coming up on the rise, you know, like Kenny Omega and, you know, all those like type of, you know, uh, gaijin wrestlers out there in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when it began, but it wasn't until maybe I was maybe like 1920s when I became like, uh, be, um, started looking into like all Japan and getting into uh, Kenta Kobashi, uh, Misawa, uh, and you know, those type of like, uh, all Japan wrestlers, like yeah. I even posted on my other page, uh, wrestling bros, um, every Sunday. And so I, I watched back. I'm like, Oh my God, dude, like these guys were risking their lives doing these crazy ass moves for our, I don't our even know how many times Kenta Kobashi landed on his head with a back body driver. Like it's, Oh insane. my God, dude. Or, yeah. or, or, or him giving somebody the burning hammer, like someone just landed on their neck and I'm like, yeah, bro. Like that's, that's a different breed. That's a different breed. <laughs> yeah, dude. They were built different, as they say. <laughs> yeah. But no, definitely, I, I love all that international stuff, too. So, all right, yeah. that's that's the wrestling aspect. We got the other yeah. side of Three Falls Brand. Tell me a little <laughs> bit about your love for rock music. Um, Again, uh, it's funny. Uh, actually, this came from both of my parents. Uh, they grew up listening to punk rock mm-hmm. and, to, you know, just like rock in general since they were, you know, kids and teenagers. And uh, I grew up, like, uh, in that scene, you know, they were like in bands and stuff like that. So I grew up in that influence in that music. Um, and again, it stayed with me even to like, obviously to this day, you know, with what we do with Three Falls. Um, so yeah, just the influence as a kid and my parents just playing the music for me all the time. Um, and, you know, it just came perfectly with what Three Falls brand would become, you know, rock and wrestling. It just, it just made sense, you know? Yeah. I, I yeah. definitely think that um, rock and wrestling goes hand to hand. I know um, growing up, I was a big hip-hop fan. Still am, right? Yeah. But I feel like wrestling was really what got me into rock because I grew up on, like, ECW and watching the Sandman come out to Enter Sandman by Metallica. Oh, yeah. And Man yeah. in the Box with Tommy Dreamer. And then you yeah. always had, like, uh, Limp Biscuit on WWF television. You had um, yeah. Kid Rock. So it was, like, really wrestling that got me into other, like, things. Even, like, that, like you said, the Ruthless Aggression era, those pay-per-view, yeah. uh, what was it, like, you know how they would have oh, like songs? Like the intros, yeah. yeah. The pay-per-views yeah. were crazy. You had Headstrong. Um, that era, like, you had Everessence. Yeah. It was crazy bands. I wish, like, they brought back some more rock to wrestling because now it's, like, a lot of, like, the watered-down, like, hip-hop that they put. Yeah, like that's the generic. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I liked about NXT, too, because NXT had, like, that rock feel again. Like, you had Ozzy do some uh, intros for yeah NXT, but... So how did Three Falls Brand come along? Um, it was during the pandemic. I feel like everybody uh, kind of like wanted to find something to maybe um, distract them or, you know, like use their creative like outlet to create something. And so um, I was, uh, I, I do like, uh, I guess like freelance art technically. Like, you know, uh, I have a connection with the dude that I do uh, commissions with. Um, and so I, I was doing art for him, you know. Uh, he would pay me, obviously. And so one day, you know, during the pandemic, you know, we're all inside. We couldn't do anything. It was just like, find something to do. If not, you're going to be bored all day. So I was, I was, you know, um, drawing on my, on my laptop. I remember like, dude, like, 
I wonder if I could like do something with this. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I, I don't know. Like, you know, I, at the beginning, I didn't know what it was, but I'm like, I want to do something to like make and then put it out to people. So then I began discussing with my partner, uh, DWO Customs uh, on, on Instagram um, at, at DWO Customs. I love and, what he does uh, too, honestly. I'm, I'm a big fan of like custom figures and yeah. I try to get to that whole like custom figure world, but my painting is it, horrible. But. Oh, dude, it, it's crazy. There's, there's a lot out there. <laughs> yeah, but he's definitely talented for sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I began talking to him and, you know, uh, you know, he came up with the idea is like, dude, like, why don't we turn your art into merch? You know, like put it, like throw it on shirts and stickers and pins and, you know, you know, and all things like that. And let's just, and let's sell it and see what people think. So I'm like, you know, I, that's a genius idea. Let's go ahead and do it. Yeah. So then um, from there, like, you know, that was the idea. And from there, it was like, let's, uh, we, we re- released a shirt um, under, under DWO and then my other page, uh, Rasslin Bros. It was a La Parca and Social Distortion shirt. So that was our very first shirt. And um, we did that. But then we're like, you know what? We need a name. So the name, we were just kind of like uh, going through things. And the one that stuck was, um, so in Lucha Libre, obviously, you know, like they do like three falls, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They do like, you know, uh, one win, one loss, one win, or, or you know, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, the uh, the original name was going to be Tres Caídas. But then my, um, DWO was like, well, I don't know, like, you know, I feel like that only pertains to maybe like people who like know Spanish. Like anybody else would be like, what's Tres Caídas or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like, what, what is that? Yeah. So then, so then we're like, oh, okay, well, what's like the English equivalent to that? And it's like, oh, three falls. And it's like, okay, then let's go three falls. So yeah. then from there, it was like three falls brand, you know what I'm saying? It's just like yeah. with, you know, exactly just like with wrestling, three falls, you know, of a match, three falls brand. So yeah. from there, um, really, I like, I'm going to credit DWO. He's the one a lot of times that gives me the ideas for a wrestler and a band. And then I'm the one that goes, you know, hard, like on the designs. And I'm the one that, you know, jumps right into it and then create what I create. You know, I, yeah. I try to create things that, um, that I feel like people will like, but then also I enjoy doing, you know what I'm saying? Like I do it for the people, but then I also do it because I want to be proud of my work. Yeah. And I love the concept of like matching a band with a wrestler. Like I know yeah. like Papa Shango with the Danzig, that was awesome. Yeah. Like, I really like that concept. Where did you come up with that concept of having a band and a wrestler like merge for a design? Um, so uh, I know back in like the golden era, um, the biggest thing in the WWF at the time was like the rock and wrestling era, you know, like um, uh, Vince McMahon would like have like uh, different like artists at the time that were like considered rock and yeah. put them like in the WWF to like draw eyes on them. Yeah. So I always liked that word rock and wrestling. And so, again, like you stated uh, before, in wrestling, like, you know, um, wrestlers, like, their theme songs back then used to be, like, badass, you know, like, uh, songs, you know what I'm saying? They would give uh, either um, songs from an artist or, like, a uh, personalized song for them. So, I mean, like, again, rock and wrestling always fit together. So, it was just, like, a no-brainer to, you know, get, like, a, an image of a wrestler or, you know, create something of your own and then find a band that either the wrestler would connect with in a sense, or just like kind of like fits into just like one album and then you just like mash them together. And then that's what you come up with. So, you know, it was just kind of like a no brainer thing. And uh, we, 
or at least I did my research and I didn't really see that at the time. I maybe saw like one or two other people doing it, but um, obviously, you know, I don't want to copy them. I, I want to do my own thing, but it was cool to see that like, hey, this is kind of like an untapped market. I want to go ahead and, you know, go into it and then see how we can do it and see, you know, how many people will also be into it. So we were surprised that people are into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love the concept. And also, like, yeah. you're saying that you're a punk uh, punk rock fan growing up and even to today. Like, it's a real punk rock, like, movement. It's like a punk rock grassroots, like, DIY oh, yeah. mentality with the company, too, that I love. So that's definitely awesome that you have that, like, childhood fandom into what you're doing. Yeah. It's really yeah, good. I'm not, I'm not what they call like a poser, like somebody that just like jumped in just because oh, they the like, you know, pretty much, <laughs> yeah, just like jump on the bandwagon and this is just yeah. out of nowhere. Like, you know, like these are things that have been like rooted with me, you know, rock, obviously, yeah. you know, since I was even before I was born, you know what I'm saying? Technically. And the same thing with wrestling. So, you know, like I, I live and breathe both these things. So it's just like, you know, I wanted to put it in somewhere i can you know put out to the people you know what i'm saying three falls is for the people and we want to show people you know like this is our art and we hope you like it too because we love what we're doing so you know we want that to show in our art yeah definitely and your latest design was the the dudley boys the tie-dye right the classic i love that and I saw that um, Devon actually kind of co-signed it as well. You put it up on a story, and I believe Devon was like, "Get me a large or something, or an extra large." Oh yeah, he. Um, I posted uh, one of the like uh, one of the posts to promote it, and he's like, "I want uh, a two XL, uh, or it was either XL or two XL in the blue one." Uh, and we're like, "What? Like that's crazy." He. Yeah. That, that I didn't even tag him. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even tag him in the post initially, but somehow he found it and he commented. And then, uh, yeah, and then he put on a story and he saw that too and just responded. But it was like, dude, like, that's crazy. Like, I didn't even tag you, but somehow word got around and you saw it and you, like, approved it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. I think that's awesome. Yeah, we've had other, uh, not going to bring up any names or anything, but we've had other uh, things that we wanted to do, but then people are like, no, like, we don't want, our name or whatever associated and it's like damn like okay bummer but with him like it was so cool because it's like yeah i want a shirt i see my face on it i'll have one too that's sick <laughs> that's awesome and well, i love the dudley boy shirts like it was an honor yeah dude, thank you yeah it was really cool so yeah. yeah definitely i i kind of already like announced it so it's not like news or surprise to anybody but yeah. we have wrestling delorean merchandise coming on three falls brand yes, sir. and I'm excited and i really appreciate the opportunity for yeah that um thank you for for wanting to do that through us you know what i'm saying uh hopefully people i mean obviously people are going to hear this and you know uh in the next maybe week or so um wrestling delorean merch will be available through three falls brand so uh me and uh mike de niro will announce it when uh when it's time and then from there you guys can hop on the website and then order it and then uh we'll send it from the three falls headquarters to whoever uh internationally sounds good man i appreciate it i appreciate you coming on thanks again thank you bro for inviting me appreciate it thank you now shout out to socials let everybody know where to go for three falls brand merchandise uh, three Falls Brand. So our Instagram is at three, uh, the number three Falls Brand. Um, and again, threefallsbrand.com. And then if you also want to uh, follow our other socials that are connected with Three Falls Brand, uh, it'd be Rasslin Bros. So Rasslin, W-R-A-S-S-I-L-I-N underscore bros, B-R-O-S. 
And then my partner, um, who's also the co-owner of Three Falls Brand at DWO Customs, DWO, and then the word Customs. Um, so yeah, that's the plug. And go ahead and follow those. And um, thank you to everyone that supports, especially those that came from the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. We appreciate and love you guys. And we'll continue to put out badass merch for all you guys. Awesome, man. I'm a big fan of what you're doing. So keep doing what you're doing. Definitely. Thank you, bro. It, it's awesome. It connected with me. That's why I want to like work with you guys and just push forward. Of course. Yeah. Hey, and, and if you haven't subscribed to Wrestling DeLorean's Twitch yet, go ahead and do that. At Wrestling DeLorean Pod because we do watch alongs and that shit's sick. You don't want to miss it. So continue to support my boy, Wrestling DeLorean. You are not going to regret it. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, man. Real talk. Thank you, Mean Gene, for coming on to the show. I appreciate you. Everybody, go support Three Falls Brand. And like I said, when Wrestling DeLorean Podcast merchandise is available, we will announce it very, very soon. So keep on the lookout for that. When we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be talking all about all the happenings that went down on Friday between AEW Rampage and WWE SmackDown. So stay tuned. Hey, listeners. This is Mean Gene of Three Falls Brand. Are you a fan of wrestling? Are you also a fan of rock music? If so, check out threefallsbrand.com for all your WrestlePunk merch. We've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from, whether it be RVD and Black Sabbath, Atsushi Onita and the Lower Class Brats, Doink the Clown and the Addicts, or Mortis and the Misfits. We've got you covered. Also, follow us on Instagram at threefallsbrand. Again, Check us out at threefallsbrand.com and on Instagram at threefallsbrand. Thanks, and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is cox internet so powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard get gig speeds powered by fiber from cox it's internet built for tomorrow today internet delivered through cox's hybrid fiber coax network speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms and other restrictions apply Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. 
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being, I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics? Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Who is this irresistible creature who has an insatiable love for the dead? Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Like we said, we had a super stacked Friday. Of course, it is... Always WWE SmackDown, AEW Rampage. But this week, both shows over-delivered, in my opinion. Two very, very good shows. And we're about to get into all of the happenings right now because there's a lot to talk about. I'm talking about the forbidden door being open. I'm talking about feuds starting. I'm talking about a whole lot. So let's talk about everything that we already talked about on Twitch, a.k.a. you should be tuned into the Twitch every Friday for the watch-along. But we're going to be talking about all our thoughts on SmackDown and on AEW Rampage right now. Alright, so first of all, SmackDown started out the night as it always does, typically. Not last week. AEW was on at a special start time last week. But this week, SmackDown started out like it typically does. And I got to say, it was a good show. Very solid show. Now, on Twitch, I was, you know, kind of saying how the show started to drag at points. But still, nonetheless, it was a very solid show. A lot lot to unpack here on this episode. We had a, a good story being built throughout the night, right? It was Sami Zayn trying to get in the head of Roman Reigns, right? So we had Sami Zayn versus Drew McIntyre tonight in a lumberjack match. And he obviously showed that he's scared. So he needed that extra help. So he tried to enlist the help of none other than the head of the table himself. If you need help, who better than the top dog? Who better than the tribal chief? Who better than the head of the table? Roman Reigns, acknowledge him. Anyway, Sami Zayn kind of like, he, he kind of like planted the seeds in Roman Reigns' head that Drew McIntyre, along with RK-Bro, was talking that shit about the bloodline. He's talking that ish about the bloodline, right? And Roman Reigns was, you know, he started to buy into it a little bit. He was like, who comes on my show and talks about me? We won't take our name out of their mouth. Ugh. You know what I mean? All that fucking shit whatever anyway it worked nonetheless in the end smackdown lumberjack Sami Zayn got away again due to the help of the bloodline 
who took out RK Bro and distracted Drew McIntyre, letting Sami Zayn escape again. Sami Zayn is obviously running scared of Drew McIntyre. But next week, ain't no running. Ain't nowhere to run. Because next week, Sami Zayn got Drew McIntyre in a motherfucking cage match. Also, on the show, we had a really good matchup, I thought. It was a good matchup that was going really well before the ending between Xavier Woods and Butch. Now, Butch, I I like the whole character of him being this, like, wild pit bull with rabies. You know what I mean? Like, this guy is uncontrollable. He just wants to hurt. You know what I mean? I like that. I feel like the only thing I would have done different, you know, I, I like the way they're booking them. The only thing I would have done different is I would have kept Pete Dunn as Pete Dunn and kept the name and kept the gimmick. But, you know, I know they want to repackage him in their own image. So I'm okay with that. I'm just not cool with him losing all the time. You know what I mean? I, I know when Sheamus and Rich Holland are in the ring, they win. But... We had Butch versus Xavier Woods. Xavier is not losing anything if he loses this matchup. This is what I'm talking about with the WWE sometimes. It feels like they're too scared to have an established talent take the loss. You're not losing anything if you lose this matchup. Xavier Woods, the new day, they're solidified. Legends, they're going to be in the Hall of Fame. You're not going to lose anything if you let Butch win the matchup. So I don't know why WWE, they, they play scared sometimes, and I don't like that. I don't like when WWE plays as safe, you know what I mean? They used to say anything can happen in the WWE. Really? Because last couple years, the WWE's been very predictable. So it, it, it don't really feel like anything can happen. It feels like I could tell you what happened if I know the card beforehand. Speaking of cards, we had Matt Riddle, or Riddle, there's so many name changes now, Riddle versus Jay Uso. This by far, by far was my match of the night. This delivered, it over-delivered, great matchup. Jay Uso looked like a million bucks in this match. Riddle, he did his thing too. He, he brought more aggression. Even though I was talking about it on the Twitch, I was saying how Riddle holds back a little bit. And I don't like seeing that, you know what I mean? I've been saying this since day one. Me and Gerard G-Rock has been saying this for a long time. Even back on the original Fight for Wednesday night podcast, I've been saying that this guy is scared. It seems like since he knows that he could actually hurt people because he's a legit fighter, he's scared to hurt people, so he obviously pulls back. And I know you don't want to hurt people. I'm not, I'm not going to co-sign anybody hurting people for real in the ring. I'm just saying there's a lot of wrestlers who make those kicks and strikes look a lot more snug and don't actually hurt people. Look at Brian Danielson, for example. Brian Danielson looks like he's kicking your fucking head in. But is he really kicking your fucking head in? No. Matt Riddle needs to work on that. He needs to make it look like he's trying to kick your fucking head off. Without kicking your head off. Like, it it sounds weird, but, like, there's an art form to this. There's an art form to making it look like I'm going to kill you with every strike, but you're not really getting hurt. You know what I mean? That's the art form of professional wrestling. That's where the theater comes into it. Forget the storylines. It is an art form to make it seem like I'm beating the shit out of you without barely hurting you. 
you could lay it in a little bit more. It's like he has the form properly, but then when that strike connects, it looks like he's lightly tapping. When that fucking kick connects, he's lightly just slapping his little foot on his fucking opponent's chest. And it's like, come on, man. If anybody can make this shit look real, it's you. But as the match went on, I felt like he got a little more aggressive. I felt like Jay was bringing it out of him because Jay was laying all those strikes in. Those forearms was fucking connecting on Matt Riddle. So maybe Matt Riddle was forced to give Jay a bit of a receipt. And I think that that's definitely, you know, something that Matt Riddle needs. Maybe he does need that killer instinct. We already see that Matt Riddle has a cool personality, right? We all know he's a stoner dude. He's laid back. He's cool. But to take himself to the next level, something that he can learn from his partner, Randy Orton, is that killer instinct. And I think that's what's going to take Riddle to the next level. I've been saying it for a while here. The future of WWE looks bright. You have a lot of young guys working with a lot of veterans. You got Austin Theory, or now just Theory, fucking name changes, working with the biggest vet you could work with. He's working with fucking Vince McMahon. You have Damian Priest working with Edge. You have Riddle working with Randy Orton. The future looks bright. I believe without a shadow of a doubt in the next five years, these are going to be your crop of talent at the top. But only, only, and I'm going to end the WWE review with this. This is going to be a million dollar gem. Record this part right now. This shit right here is going to be the fucking quote of the podcast. These young guys will be elevated to the top because they're working with these veterans but they will not be elevated to the top if they don't learn from the veterans that they're working with. I will repeat it. These young bloods will make it to the top because they're working with these vets and these legends. But it won't happen if they don't learn from the vets and the legends that they're working with. And that's how I'm going to end off my SmackDown review. Solid show. I enjoyed it. Something I enjoyed a little bit more, though, I'm just being honest, was AEW Rampage. We started off hot. We started off with the Forbidden Door. We started off with a little bit of a preview of what we will be getting June 26th on pay-per-view, New Japan versus AEW. We had Tomohiro Ishii, the former multi-time never-open-weight champion for New Japan Pro Wrestling, going against former Ring of Honor champion, former NXT champion, Adam Cole, and this was a fucking great matchup. I don't know why this matchup even was put on this card. It felt like it was a little too big for the card, but you know, I'm not going to be ever complaining about getting great wrestling on free TV. I'll tell you this Tony Khan is not playing around. I've been saying it for weeks. Tony Khan is putting on dream matches as much as possible, he's putting on these great ass six star matches as much as possible on a weekly basis because he is trying to create the identity of AEW of being exactly what the name is, all elite wrestling. As WWE works on more character and WWE works on more storyline, AEW is constantly delivering the best in-ring product that they could absolutely deliver. And that's something that I got to tip my cap for. 
I really also enjoyed the Daniel Garcia matchup against Eddie Kingston. These two guys put on a clinic. This could have been main event of the show. This could have main evented a dynamite. This could have main evented a dynamite special. You know, one of those like beach break or or the St. Patrick's Day uh, bash or whatever they call these shits. But one of those specials, you know, like winter is coming. This could have been the main event of, you know, one of these big dynamites. This actually could have been upper card on a pay-per-view. Daniel Garcia is already becoming more of a elevated talent because of the work he's doing with Chris Jericho. Like I just said, what I said in the WWE, young guys working with vets, that's how they're going to become bigger stars. That's exactly what's happening in AEW right now. You got Daniel Garcia working with Chris Jericho, and you could already see the touch of Jericho on Daniel Garcia, as weird as that sounds. You know what I mean? Take your mind out the gutter and really just think about it. Daniel Garcia already switched up his attire. He switched up his demeanor. He's a little bit more meaner in the ring. He's a little bit more agile. He's a little bit more crafty. And he makes things work because he makes he 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 hits his moves when they make sense. He's not going in there like some of these guys and just trying to do a thousand things at once. He's in there doing things that make sense. I said from the jump, Daniel Garcia's style of wrestling would work better in the Blackpool Combat Club with Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, and William Regal. But I'm not mad to see the little touches of sports entertainment that Chris Jericho is giving Daniel Garcia. Excellent matchup between these two guys. And I cannot, you know, I'm not going to be here and be fake. I said that I was expecting a bad matchup between Marina Shafir and Jade Cargill, and I was surprised. This was not a great matchup by any means, but this was definitely a solid matchup for the TBS Women's Champion Jade Cargill is now 30-0. I got to say, this might be Jade Cargill's best performance. Her and Marina Shafir did their thing. Definitely a great matchup to end the night. I was on Twitch. I streamed three hours of professional wrestling, and that was a hell of a matchup to end the night. I feel like towards the end of SmackDown, I was falling asleep a little bit. It did start to drag, but AEW was like that palate cleanser. You know what I mean? It was that energy boost that I needed because for those four matches that Dynamite put on, I was hyped. And by the end of the show, I could have watched another hour of it. But that's what AEW does. You know what I mean? I, I don't know if I come off as biased, if I come off as a mark. So be it. I'm a fan of what I'm a fan of. I like the WWE. It's solid. But I'm more of a fan of what AEW is doing right now. It's just a special time period. And people are not recognizing how special this is. But when you look back in history, we're going to look at this time period for AEW and realize, damn, week in and week out, they were putting on super cards. Think about what we saw in the last month. We've seen Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki. We've seen the Young Bucks versus FTR. We've seen the Hardy Boys versus Butcher and Blade in a goddamn tables, ladders, and chairs match. We've seen Sting take monster dives. We've seen New Japan more involved with AEW. We've seen the debut of Santam Singh. We've seen Jay Lethal heel turn. We've seen Adam Cole and uh, Adam Page put on a hell of a Texas death match. We've seen Willer Yuta become a megastar. 
We've seen Daniel Garcia really come into his own. That's all in the last month. That is what I just explained is literally what some people, what some companies produce in a year's time. This is just the last month for AEW. And the future only looks brighter ahead. We got the Owen Hart Open Invitational uh, tournament going on. We have CM Punk ready to wrestle for the world champion. We have a lot to look forward to. This, this is going to be a time that people look back and say, wow, you know what? Maybe it wasn't as appreciated as we thought it should have been when it happened. But you got to look back at this time and be like, yo, AEW was doing their thing. Tony Khan wasn't playing around. That roster was motivated. I feel like Cody Rhodes leaving was the shot in the arm that AEW needs. So maybe even while Cody Rhodes is away from AEW, maybe Cody is still helping AEW. As weird as that sounds. Indirectly. Indirectly. Because it feels like once Cody Rhodes left, the AEW roster was like, bruh, it's next up. That was a main event talent that stepped off. Now it's my turn to step up. And when you got a whole roster of talents trying to step up and take that spot at the top, this is the type of product you get. You got a hungry talent roster. You have a very competitive talent roster. And they're all trying to scratch and claw to be the next Cody of AEW. The next megastar of AEW. And right now, there's a lot of prospects who could take it. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But great episode of AEW Dynamite. Good episode. You know, it was a good weekend of wrestling. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that Impact Wrestling Rebellion wasn't a great pay-per-view. I watched it a little too late to review it on this podcast, but we will be talking about Impact Wrestling Rebellion. Shout out to Josh Alexander, the new Impact Wrestling champion. Good weekend of wrestling. But when we come back, we're going to go back in time, like we always do here on Monday. And we're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw from March 3rd, 1997, live from Berlin, Germany. This was a great, great card. So when we come back, we're going to be going back in time. Put on your wrestling DeLorean seatbelt. We'll be right back. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Classic Raw Reviews. We go back in time every Monday and we go in order week by week by week. We are currently on the March 3rd, 1997 episode of Monday Night Raw. This is a very special episode from Berlin, Germany. Not often is Raw that international, especially at this time, but we are going all the way across to Germany. Definitely a great show, a show where we crown an inaugural European champion. Oh yeah, by the way, we're 20 days from a little show called WrestleMania 13, so there's a lot to talk about on this show, so let's get into it. WWE Monday Night Raw, March 3rd, 1997 from Berlin, Germany, started out hot. We had Brett the Hitman Hart versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley. The match started out early on with Brett just dominating Triple H. Triple H goes for a low blow behind the referee's back to gain the upper edge. This was a very solid matchup. Two men that in real life now has no love loss. Bret Hart makes it well known that he has no care in the world for Triple H. But anyway, you know, I, I think that there was a little bit of animosity even at this time because you could sign, you could kind of see like the, the 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 intensity heightened by both Triple H and uh, Bret Hart here. During the matchup, Bret Hart puts Triple H in the tree of woe, and he won't stop putting the boots to trips. The referee comes in, he tries to stop Bret Hart, but Bret Hart pushes the referee, and this leads to a referee DQ. Bret Hart gets DQ'd. After the matchup, China comes out, and she goes face-to-face with Bret Hart, confronting Bret Hart. Bret just walks off, he refuses to hit a girl. It is told that tonight we're going to be getting a live interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and it is announced that at WrestleMania 13, we will have a submission match between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart. A little fast forward, WrestleMania time, this ends up being one of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history. So I'm excited to cover that here on the podcast. We get a recap of the turmoil between British Bulldog and Owen Hart. There has been a WWE tour in Germany before this show, and it is a tournament leading to the finals of the tournament being for the First ever European champion, and it is coming down to British Bulldog and Owen Hart. The two tag team champions collide tonight. We know that week in and week out, there's been a lot of animosity between them. British Bulldog does not appreciate the antics of Owen Hart. So it's going to be interesting to see this matchup tonight. But before we get to the European championship matchup, we have an intercontinental championship matchup between Rocky Maivia versus Vader. Good clash of styles on this one that works really well. You know, you got the speed versus the power. Very fun matchup. Really intriguing. This matchup was very good. The Rock was hitting a diving cross body onto Vader, and then Vader gets up and he hits a diving drop kick, a missile drop kick, I should say. You know, these were moves that The Rock took out of his repertoire as he went on, 
But really cool to see The Rock pull out some high-flying stuff here in this matchup with Vader. Uh, like I said, really good. During the matchup, though, the matchup ends when Mankind attacks The Rock with Paul Bearer's urn. Vader's pissed off because now he loses his Intercontinental title shot. But he takes out his frustration on The Rock after the matchup. He just continues to beat The Rock down. And, yeah, you know, I, I feel like there's too many DQs in the WWE at this time. This is DQ after DQ. We had two matches back-to-back. Last week, it was a whole bunch of fucking DQs and countouts. It was like, come on, like, can we get a finish to a matchup? Especially it's a title matchup in front of a goddamn international audience. You'd think that you would give them a title matchup finish at least, but whatever. We then recapped the ECW invading Raw last week. We got, you know, a lot of awesome shit from ECW and a lot of stuff to come because ECW announces that they're going to be back on Raw next week which, by the way, is a very special Raw. We'll be talking about that in a couple minutes. But after this, we get the Sultan versus Flash Funk. And, you know, I was a little pissed because you go from something totally awesome, like ECW invading Raw, something so realistic feeling, to the Sultan. And it's like, yo, this is like the clear, you know, contrast of realistic, fun, dope-ass shit, like what ECW was putting on and the cartoony gimmicks that the WWE has, you know? But the Sultan, he goes against Flash Funk. During the matchup, Jerry the King Lawler is on the phone. He's pissed about ECW, and he invites him to a Raw next week. Paul Heyman's then on the phone, and he says that the King is just a has-been from Memphis, and he will be at Raw next week. And also, he says you never know when ECW will just show up. This is all during the matchup, by the way. The Sultan beats Flash Funk, which I totally didn't get, like... Flash Funk seems like he's been getting a bit of a push here since he debuted. And the Sultan hasn't been seen in God knows how long on Raw. And all of a sudden, the Sultan is beating Flash Funk. Why would you stop the push for Flash Funk for someone like the Sultan? You know what I mean? It wasn't like Stone Cold was being Flash Funk. It wasn't like Bret Hart beat Flash Funk. It was the Sultan. I don't know. Still a lot of questionable stuff from WWF so far at this point. A lot of good shit. Definitely a lot of good shit, but still some questionable stuff. Anyway, we got a recap of Steve Austin's last live interview from a studio where he ended up being arrested for it last October. This leads to Psycho Sid cutting a promo on Mankind. He will be defending the WWF champion against Mankind tonight. And the winner of this will go against Undertaker at WrestleMania because Psycho Sid will not have another title defense until WrestleMania when he feet when he faces the Undertaker in the main event. Now we got Ahmed Johnson coming out. Ahmed Johnson, he accepts the challenge of Farouk for a Chicago street fight at WrestleMania, which should be a good-ass match. But he says that he knows and he learned from what happened last time with the Nation of Domination, and this time he is not coming alone. We then take a look at the Legion of Doom returning last week and a promo they cut on WWF Superstars. It looks like we have like a lot of filler here, like a lot of you know just promo, 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 promo. But then we get a really good WWF title match between Mankind and Psycho Sid. This was really well done. Mankind cut a promo before uh, the matchup on Psycho Sid in German, by the way. That was a good, nice touch there. But uh, definitely, you know, one thing I really did notice was, I don't know at this point if Sid is a heel or a face. He gets cheered everywhere he goes. And he's being portrayed as the heel. But everywhere he goes... Even Germany, even internationally, Sid is one of the top guys in the WWF. Sid is beloved. 
Now, when he was going against Shawn Michaels at Survivor Series, I thought maybe it's because they were rebelling against Shawn. But the crowd loves Bret Hart, but they also booed Bret Hart for Sid two weeks ago on Raw. And here, Sid is massively over. Massively over. It's crazy. But he had a really good physical matchup against Mankind. Mankind and him were pulling out some crazy-ass shit. In the end, Sid hits the powerbomb. One, two, three. He's still your world champion. Very physical matchup. We then get the sit-down interview with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Steve Austin says he has no remorse for screwing Bret Hart. He then says that Shawn Michaels, when he got his knee hurt, he got a go-home video. He had, he had you know, a emotional send-off. He said no one gave nothing to Stone Cold, and he wrestled at Fatal 4 at the, uh, what's it called, in your house. He wrestled with a blown-out knee, and he went against the top three wrestlers in the world. He says no one in wrestling can make Stone Cold quit. So he says, with that being said, at WrestleMania 13 against Bret Hart, you won't have to kill me, son. And that's the bottom line. And then he just randomly at the end, he threw in, Vince McMahon, you sound like a jackass, by the way. (laughs) Stone Cold was gold at this point. This is pre-attitude error. But people don't tend to talk about the Stone Cold a little too much. They talk about, you know, the classic Austin versus McMahon feud. But... When Stone Cold started to turn the dial up a little bit against his feud with Bret Hart, he has some golden moments that people are not talking about. People don't talk about that shit. And I think it's crazy because right now, this is like some of the best Stone Cold right now. I put this Stone Cold up against a lot of the Attitude Ever shit. Just greatness. Anyway, main event for the first ever European Championship we have the tag team champions colliding. It is Owen Hart versus the British Bulldog. This is an extremely athletic match. I mean, go out of your way to see this. This is surprisingly how athletic this matchup is. Not going to lie, this this matchup looked like a matchup out of, like, Benoit and Guerrero. Like, go out of your way. Like, this is insane seeing the British Bulldog pull out, like, standing flips and shit like that. Like, stuff we didn't typically see out of the British Bulldog too much. I was extremely, you know... Surprised by how agile he was and how athletic he was because I, I, I don't remember really seeing much of the British Bulldog pull out this type of action, but this was such a great matchup. Owen Hart once again tries to fake a knee injury, but he plays possum, tries to get the upper hand on the Bulldog. This match was way ahead of his time, honestly. In the end, British Bulldog, who is the clear face in this matchup, he wins the matchup. He's your inaugural European champion. And him and Owen Hart show a sign of respect to each other. This was, a, this was a great Raw. We were on the road to WrestleMania 13, and this felt like a road to WrestleMania type show. We had title matches. We had storyline building. We had storyline progression, I should say. Definitely a great, great episode. Go out of your way to see Raw from Berlin, March 3rd, 1997. Really good show. I gave it a strong 4 out of 5 stars. Nothing really. The, the, the only point that I took off was because... Too many DQ finishes. That's honestly it. And that like that's something that the WWE's been plagued with still to this day. Too many DQ finishes. But anyway, good episode of Raw. Thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate everybody who rocks with the Wrestling DeLorean every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thank you so much for always supporting. Shout out again to Three Falls Brand and Mean Gene for coming on to the podcast. I appreciate you being here, bro. Thank you so much for everybody who downloads, everybody who tunes into the Twitch streams live every Wednesday at 7 o'clock Eastern and Friday at 7 o'clock Eastern. 
we have, you know, watch alongs of AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, WWE SmackDown. We do some random watch alongs here and there of classic stuff. I have a couple ideas on my sleeve for the watch alongs this week. We may have a couple special editions. So definitely make sure you're always in tech by following us on every, you know, social media so you could get all the latest news and updates. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Stay safe, stay strong, stay positive. One love. See you guys on Wednesday here on the podcast and Wednesday night on Twitch. Peace out. Niggas that can tough in the hood. Till the wolves come. Bitches let a drink in the club. Till the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street. Till the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor. We the wolves done. Go fuck with the Nero. I got a Snyder extender clip, so who wanna play hero? Go bash shit like Ozzy. I was born in the darkness. Oh, you the wolf till we pull up and you're harmless. So pray to Allah, the Don Dada, the top shotter, the top spot, final boss you cross. That's when you ride stop. Basquiat with that white chalk. Trigger finger streets, while leave your brains on the sidewalk. Niggas that get tough in the hood. Till the wolves come. Bitches let a drink in the club. Till the wolves come. Surrounded by the sheep in the street. Till the wolves come. Everyone strip on the floor. Till the wolves come. Heard them got the Niggas, they be moving in the pack. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you're at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night is precise. Catching nigga slipping for his ice worth your life. Answers yes, well, did nigga pay your price? Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. South Bronx, midnight, niggas moving packs cause they hunting. I'm moving packs of that onion, but probably packing up something. Catch him slipping with them coals and he ain't telling us nothing. Catch a nigga fooling twice and then I'm pressing that button. Send his ass away, permanent vacate and start bluffing. Must have moved to Honolulu, changed his name to McLovin. Said you know what you know, that's for the pack to remember. And if a nigga leaking these, we gotta. Niggas say the dead don't talk, but that money do If I put a hole in his melon, I bet his honey do Shorty keep crying and screaming like that's helping you Bullets gave his brain a period for that decimal Niggas that get tough in the hood Till the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street Till the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor Till the wolves come Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the packs Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back Summertime, better be careful where you're at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night is precise. Catching nigga slipping for his ice worth your life. Answer yes, well, did nigga pay your price? Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. Before Sarah discovered chumbacasino.com, she enjoyed chamomile tea. Come on, big jackpot. And being in PJs by six. Let's go. The new fun Sarah Woo-hoo! often thinks about the old boring Sarah yes. and wonders if that Sarah ever really existed. Chumba Casino has over a hundred casino style games. So join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. We were created by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo taking release. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's G-O-L-O.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. 
Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who have found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com.